0: I think that's a question that many are wondering and many are answering in different ways. You know, there are some religious systems that would say that God speaks through everything, that all that we see is God's communication with us. Then there are those who believe that God, uh, if he exists, is not intentional in his communication with the world and with the people in it. And they would say that God doesn't speak. Yeah, what we see at the very beginning of the book of Hebrews is proof, according to Scripture, that God does communicate, but he communicates in very specific and unique ways with his people. So here in this episode of the Road Ramblings podcast, I want to look at one verse out of the book of Hebrews, and then we're going to go back into the Old Testament and look at a couple passages in the Old Testament that just show us what it looks like for God to communicate with us. What I really want to focus on is the fact that the Holy Spirit is that means of communication and that it is the Holy Spirit that is available for anyone and everyone that is walking with Christ. And so let's dive in. I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So again, we're just going to use that as the diving board to jump into a couple other passages out of the Old Testament today. This passage in Hebrews chapter 1 is going to culminate in the fact that God now speaks through his Son, that uh, it's not these individual relationships with specific prophets, but it's it's through Jesus that we see the communication of God with his people. But I want to look at some passages from the Old Testament that described not only how God interacted with the prophets, but also this reality, like I've said, that the Holy Spirit is now the one at work and communicating us, communicating to us the glories of Jesus, pointing us to Jesus, showing us how to live for Jesus today, and how that Holy Spirit again is for anyone. So, if you've got a Bible handy, maybe on your phone or, or maybe even a a paper one around you, turn to Numbers chapter. 12. Numbers chapter 12. Uh, my wife, Jamie, and I have been using the Bible recap. Uh, I have not been listening to that podcast, to be honest with you, but using that reading plan to read through the Bible this year. And uh, I'm quite a ways behind, um, but we've been going through the Pentateuch. Uh, we did some Job, we've done some Psalms, but but we've really been journeying through the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And I've just been reminded that these books that don't um, they, they maybe aren't emphasized very often in our modern church, are so fruitful and so beneficial to the follower of Jesus. I've been, even this very day, this earlier this afternoon in my quiet time, I've just been struck by different passages out of the Pentateuch and, and how they are communicating to us today, how the word is truly living and active. And so if you've, maybe you've read Genesis and the first part of Exodus, <laughs> but I would encourage you. Uh, that all of, all of the Pentateuch is really beneficial and fruitful again for the follower of Jesus. But here in Numbers chapter twelve there are two people named Miriam and Aaron who spoke against Moses, who spoke against Moses. I'm not going to go too far into the background of what exactly is going on, why they're opposing him. You just need to know that Moses, hopefully you're familiar with Moses, this man called by God, the really the first prophet of God, who leads the people out of Egypt and, and now in the book of Numbers is with them in their journey through the wilderness. Um, they should be at this time, they should be in the land that God had promised, but because of their sin uh, they are not well. Actually, that's a, a little bit after this <laughs> to correct myself on the fly here. Uh, they're about to show their sin and about to show why they don't enter the land of promise. But Miriam and Aaron oppose Moses, and I want to read verse six and then verse eight of Numbers chapter twelve. Right before verse six, the Bible says that the Lord comes down in a cloud before the tent of meeting, and He calls Aaron and Miriam to Himself, and And I just can't imagine what that feels like. I remember when my parents would, uh, you know, say, hey, we need to talk to you. A lot of times that was good, good things. But a lot of times that was, hey, uh, you're in the wrong and we're going to gently show that to you. And so I can't imagine God coming down in a cloud and standing before the people and then saying my name and saying, hey, uh, we got to talk. And so they approach and verse six, uh, here's what here's what God says. Says, and God said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Listen to verse eight, or the first part of verse eight. With him, Moses, I speak mouth to mouth, clearly and not in riddles, and he beholds the form of the Lord. So we see this relationship that God has with Moses. Uh, and again, he, he, God is calling Aaron and Miriam out for their opposition to Moses. But God says, listen, if there's a prophet among you, Moses being, I, I think, the first prophet in the scriptures, um, uh, if there's a prophet among you, then, then he has been spoken to by me. I've appeared to him in dreams. I've shared with him visions. In verse 8, he says, uh, that, that if there's a prophet, I have spoken to him clearly. This isn't like riddles or interpretations. This is, I have spoken directly to him, mouth to mouth. And we see this throughout the story of the Pentateuch, that God and Moses have a very personal, in-depth relationship, uh, one that is just fascinating to see from the uh, outside looking in. But, but this was the role of the prophet. This was the relationship the prophet had with God. And this was true with Moses. And this is true with any of the other prophets that Hebrews 1 alluded to. That opening verse of Hebrews says that God spoke through the prophets. And here in the Old Testament, we see God saying that again. And God saying, hey, if there's a prophet proclaiming the words of God to the people, then that man has a deep relationship with me. Where I'm speaking clearly with him, where I am showing him in visions and dreams that that this is what's true about the world. Now, again, it, my perception of prophecy, my belief about prophecy in the Bible is it's very um, it, it does point forward to the future. We'll see that here in a second, but but it's more or less the prophets revealed the realities, what is actually true about the world to the people of God. And so again, whether it's Moses or Isaiah or Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, you insert your favorite prophet here. If a prophet is proclaiming the words of God, they are being um, guided by God in that process. And I believe, and when you read the Old Testament, that the Holy Spirit— is really that mediating, strengthening, empowering presence. See this in First and Second Samuel. That that Saul, when he was first called to be king, it says the Spirit came upon him and he prophesied. So, so yes, God is communing with um, the prophets, but I, I believe it is the role of the Holy Spirit that really empowers them and emboldens them and gives them the words to speak to the world, to speak to the people of God, whether those are. Um, statements of justice or statements of God's coming mercy, irregardless, it is, irregardless, I don't know if that's even a word, (laughs) regardless, um, it is the Spirit that is doing that. And so with that in mind, we now turn to Joel chapter 2. So I'd encourage you, um, real quick during this ad break, turn in your Bible or on your Bible app to Joel chapter 2 chapter 2, verse 28. This is God speaking through the prophet Joel. Again, I believe being empowered by the Holy Spirit uh, to proclaim what is true to the people of God. Listen to verse 28. In verse 29, it says, "'And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions.'" Even on the male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit. So the prophet Joel is emboldened again by, I believe, the Spirit of God to proclaim this truth, that a day is coming where the Holy Spirit, that if you look at the storyline of the Old Testament, is typically just on the prophets, priests, and kings, and typically only for temporary seasons of their life. We're going to see that spirit in the future poured out on all people. In that, in, that, in that day, when the Spirit is on all people, then all people will have this opportunity to prophesy or proclaim what is true about the world to the people of God. And what's fascinating here is that this, this Spirit um, falls on all kinds of people, according to this passage. It says, Your sons and your daughters, your old men, your young men, even your male and female servants, that in the day and age of Joel, the prophet, The society as a whole was ordered around common conventions. Sons were valued more than daughters. Older children were valued more than younger children. Firstborn son was given the place of honor. Younger men were to submit to elders. And free people were certainly more valuable than the slaves in this culture that Joel is prophesying in. And yet, we see from this prophecy that God is in the business of turning that on its head. Uh, Again, We see in this prophecy that a time will come when God's Spirit would be poured out on all people. Yes, there are still in this day and age distinct roles for specific types of people, uh, whether those are um, gender roles in the home and at church, uh, societal roles of varying degrees based on social status or financial status. Yes, we're going to have unique parts to play in our communities and in what God has called us to. But the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the empowerment of the Spirit is not discriminatory. It is poured out on all people. And, you know, I'm sure Joel couldn't grasp all that this really entailed. But what we can see now, having the whole canon of Scripture, we can see now that the Scriptures teach that all people have an important part to play in the kingdom of God. You know, this prophecy has a pretty clear fulfillment in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost, when the disciples have the Holy Spirit come on them in tongues of fire, and they start proclaiming the good news of the gospel to everyone in Jerusalem. And you see in the story of the New Testament after Acts 2, the story of the early church, that the Spirit of God that has been poured out upon them changes their lives and changes the lives of those around them. The the Holy Spirit empowers them to make much of Jesus. Why am I sharing all this? <laughs> Why did we use one verse in Hebrews to jump out into the Old Testament and talk about Moses and Joel? Well, here's what I want to encourage you with, is that if you are listening to this and you are a follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God is upon you. and The Spirit of God can empower you and equip you to prophetically speak into the world around you. Now, I'm not trying to get into a big old long conversation about the spiritual gifts in our modern day and age, whether the gifts of tongues and healing and prophecy are still alive and well. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. When you look at what prophecy is designed to do, prophecy is designed to tell the world what is true about reality, then you might not have what, you know, we can argue about as the gift of prophecy according to the New Testament, but you do have the ability to speak prophetically into the world around you. We as Christians know what is true about the universe. We know what is true about this world and our part to play in it. You have people around you that you can be intentionally communicating those truths to. You have a part to play. You, if you are a follower of Jesus listening to this, then God has specifically equipped you and intentionally empowered you through the power of the Spirit to make much of him. Again, we'll see in Hebrews chapter 1 that it is ultimately uh, Jesus' life and death and resurrection, his teachings, his character, that are God's most clear uh, speech to us. However, we can again... Be part of this this people that are proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus into the world around us. When I think about speaking prophetically, uh, I think about simple, simple things. Uh, You know, for me, uh, again, (laughs) again, I am not trying to have a conversation about the the gift of prophecy. I am trying to just share that we can be empowered to speak prophetically, which you might think is the same thing, but but I'm just trying to avoid like a big doctrinal uh, argument in conversation. What for me this looks like is just when I'm having my time with the Lord, um, sometimes a verse will jump off the page that I know somebody else could benefit from. Uh, as I pray for people, as I interact with people, I, I might start to see what they're going through, what they're experiencing, and, and I can through God's guidance, speak into their lives. Not through something like, oh, you know, I I saw a vision of a bowl of mac and cheese and it just made me think about how every good and perfect gift is from above and you're one of those gifts, so be encouraged. That's not what I mean. Uh, I'm saying, like, when I see scripture, like, hey, here is directly, this is, again, another form of communication from God and the Spirit enables us to understand it and this spoke to me and I just want to share it with you. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, And then you can kind of have a prophetic witness, sometimes even just with your actions. Uh, I was reading in the book of Deuteronomy, again in my quiet time earlier this afternoon, and in Deuteronomy chapter 12, it talks about the family. And in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 7, God says, "And, And there you shall eat before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice, you and your households, and all that you undertake in which the Lord your God has blessed you. So, what, are, what is the family supposed to do on a regular basis? Eat before the Lord and rejoice as a household and, and reflect on all the ways that God has blessed our family. So in a world where TV dinners and sitting on the couch and, you know, we've got sports every single night and so we're not gathered around one another, in a world that has a a system and a schedule like that, even just eating together and inviting others to come and eat with us and in our mealtime conversation talking about the ways God has blessed us this week, that in and of itself is again prophetic. So don't think that if you're not a pastor, you don't have a part to play in the purpose that God has for his people. The Holy Spirit is not discriminatory. The Holy Spirit is for all. And the Holy Spirit is going to empower you and embolden you to speak prophetically about the kingdom of God in the way of Jesus.